When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another Mayfield Matrix on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Option four we are discussing today. Dan Lobby, Ashley Bastock, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and me, Douglas Maurice. The option today, probably the least likely of the five that we're talking about. So far, we've done what if the Browns just do kind of what they're saying, which is just all in on Baker Mayfield, no other real option in 2022. Or option two was what if you bring in a veteran? Option three was what if you draft a rookie? Option five is what if you trade him and you bring in a more established veteran? But option four is sort of like, hey, you know what? Let's just sign him. Let's just sign him to the extension. Part of the reason we're doing this is because if you let a quarterback play on that rookie option in year five, it is like the definition of uncertainty. You're not committing. You're saying just play now. And we know that you can franchise him and tag him for a couple more years. But when you really believe in a guy, you give him a deal. The, con- the comparison here is Blake Bortles in February after his fourth year got like a s- kind of small extension from the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple years ago, 54 million for three years. Not the mega deal that a lot of these guys who have signed have gotten. The, the Jags were coming off an AFC championship game. Bortles had just played his best year. So they gave him this three-year $54 million deal. That's kind of the comparison here. Let's not have the discussion of, of how likely it is. <laughs> We'll get to that shortly. This might be a shorter podcast. What would be the pros of this? Because there was a time all last season, all last offseason, for instance, where the idea of a Baker Mayfield extension was front and center. It didn't seem crazy. It didn't seem like a stretch. It seemed like the natural course of things. And now it's feeling less so. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But would there be any benefit to it? Not a not a four million for one twenty kind of thing, but a smaller little piece. Pros to the idea of a Baker Mayfield extension in the next couple months. Crazy. Yeah, I think you get clarity that we've talked about before on, on in this series. Uh, whether you like that clarity or not, uh, you would know that you've made a commitment to this person and you're moving forward with him and, and that's that. And you're going to do whatever you can to, to get the most out of him. I think that's probably the best pro I can come up with. This is just the clarity of knowing that uh, you, you've made this decision and now you're moving on to other things. I think uh, another pro would be uh, that your, your quarterback, you would be showing faith in your quarterback and, you know, maybe he would rise to the occasion if he felt like you believed in him. And he was your long-term guy, or at least your medium-term term guy, and that he felt he was going to be here for three more years, and that you know, just this notion of you're not giving me any kind of an offer, and you obviously don't want me. So why are we even doing this again next year when we're going to be getting a divorce at the end of 2022? Uh, so that would be a pro 
that he would be like, okay, they like me. And I do think you, you'd be getting him as cheap as you're going to get him, right? Because if you work this out, Baker Mayfield, not a ton of leverage right now. If he agreed to it and they said, I mean, like at the bargaining table, it's like, well, listen, dude, right? So I do think if you think there's still a pretty big upside out there for Baker Mayfield, you know what? You'd, you might get him at a decent price if you did this right now. Sign him at his low ebb. Okay. The cons. <laughs> Dan, what are the cons to this? And let's not, the cons are, you know, we're not trying to be mean here, but it's probably not going to happen. Why not? I mean, the cons are just the financials, you know, not that you'd be giving him a ton of money, but it's just, it complicates things financially if he doesn't work out, if you just give him this extension, it doesn't work out. And, you know, sort of like, I think the lesson from the Blake Bortles thing is, they went to the AFC championship game and they were kind of like, Oh, let's pay this guy. Cause we went to the AFC championship game, but I don't know that you were paying for future performance, which is kind of how you should be doing these extensions. You're, you're not paying for past accomplishments completely. You want to pay for future performance, especially for a guy who's so early in his career. So yeah, I, I that, that to me is the con is like, you're kind of locking yourself in financially and you're just making things a little more complicated on that front, even though it wouldn't be, like huge money. Let me say this about the con. We have had various discussions on this podcast about whether the salary cap is real or not, or whether it's imaginary and you can, it always is going to go up and you can always figure stuff out. So the Eagles signed Carson Wentz before year four, it blows up. They wind up trading him to the Colts. They end up, I think it, I think they're dead cap hit for the year that just happened was like $30 million or something, but now they're off it and they made the playoffs in the year of the gigantic dead cap that they had to eat of Carson Wentz, the Jaguars, they signed Blake Bortles spoiler alert. Didn't work out. Got benched for Cody Kessler. Oh, option seven is bring back Cody Kessler. I forgot that we (laughs) added that one at the end (laughs) is bring back the Jersey, uh, Brian Hoyer and Cody Kessler fighting it out behind Baker Mayfield is option seven. Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy. The Jags, they ate $15.5 million of dead cap the next year, but they gave up on Blake Bortles and then they signed Nick Foles to like a four year, $88 million deal. The dead cap they had to eat on Blake Bortles did not stop them for him from handing out another gigantic quarterback contract, which also didn't work, but it didn't limit them. I do think that the fear of the dead money of like, what if we give this guy a contract and it doesn't work and we have to eat it? I've come around on like, that is actually not as crushing maybe as I think some people think it is because you just like end up having to do some fancy maneuvering for like a year and then you're good. Then you move on. Like, am I crazy to think that, that that con specifically, what if it doesn't work and you have to eat it is actually not that big of a con. Well, it depends on how much you're talking about. I mean, if you're eating, you know, $30 million of dead cap, I, I think that's a huge con in a year when uh, you're, you're paying a lot of other guys a lot of money now on the Cleveland Browns. You're heading into a situation where, um, you know, Miles is hitting his huge cap money and Denzel's probably going to get paid. And uh, you've got uh, double digit millions going to Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio. So you've got some big, big paydays going on. So I do think uh, that having to eat a significant amount of dead cap 
is is a big con, especially because you might want to try to sign some, you know, big name receiver uh, and things like that. So I do think in their case right now that that would not be good. But I think there are other cons in this situation. Um, and that is, as I mentioned, they're heading into uh, big payouts for a lot of guys. So I think you have to be careful how you spend your money. Um, the other thing is, if you do want to try to trade him, uh, you know, you don't want a three-year contract hanging over your head. I think it would be easier to unload. Uh, let's say things didn't work out by the trade deadline this coming year, even. I mean, you could probably trade him by the trade deadline pretty easily this year, but maybe not so much if you had uh, two other years and, and a bunch of guaranteed money on the contract. So that would be a con in my mind. And then the other thing is, um, and this is sort of a, a little bit of a weird one, but as I've written a number of times before, um, that it's, it's a two-way street between the two parties. And Baker Mayfield and his camp are trying to determine if being in Cleveland and being with this coaching staff and being in this situation is the right thing for him and his career moving forward. So that type of an extension that you're talking about requires two to tango. And I don't know if two would want to tango right now. Yeah, that was going to be my point. Like, would Baker Mayfield even want this kind of extension or would he view it as almost like insulting? And I don't know the answer to that, but it definitely is, um, you know, not not a standard by any means. Um, And I think, you know, just going back to the first option we talked about in the series for me too, like, I just think there are other options that are better because they allow you to beef up the room and give you more time before you, you make a decision and and sign an extension that you might regret a year from now. Yeah. Just to poke holes in my con, Doug, I kind of, you do, the NFL is becoming a lot more like the NBA in a lot of ways. And, you know, like in the NBA, there's always these untradeable contracts like Russell Westbrook, and then he gets traded two times in two years. So I, I think the NFL is becoming a little more like that, where these contracts you think are untradeable or that are going to screw you over long-term, they end up not doing it. Um, so I, I generally am in the salary cap is, is fake camp, but I do think you need to consider it. So when we look at the quarterbacks, again, we've been referencing this group of 25 first-round quarterbacks between 2011 and 2018. About half of them were gone by year five. It didn't matter. Nine slash 10 signed extensions and we'll have a Lamar Jackson conversation because he's the guy who sort of like expect is going to sign an extension, but he hasn't yet. Uh, the guys who signed their extension before year four, there were six of them, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Sean Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. So they were already on, they were extended before Baker Mayfield got to this point. Cam Newton, Andrew Luck and Blake Bortles were not yet extended but then got extended in the current offseason that Baker Mayfield is now entering. Kind of at the beginning of this, it was, you know, Newton and Luck got gigantic deals, and I don't know that anybody ever thought they wouldn't. But early on with this, you kind of waited till year five, and then we entered this world where it's like people started going, if like you're our guy, they did you early. And they, that's why there was this discussion last offseason with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Baker Mayfield. So, you know, that's the thing here. It's like we are operating under the assumption that he's not going to get it. And that's what we said is so rare. That's so rare that you go in, your your key, your team keeps you, but they don't commit to you. That doesn't happen that much. It's only happened three out of the 25 times. 
Do we think, though, do we think it's possible? So two things. One is, say you did it, right? Wouldn't it wipe away a little bit of the, do they like each other? How do they get along? It's like you sit at the negotiating table and you figure it out. If you somehow could figure it out, would that strengthen the relationship? You know what strengthens relationships for the people out there listening? Money. Money makes everything better. People are like, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't have any money and I'm miserable. But if I had lots of money, I think I'd be much happier. My wife gives me money all the time. We're very, we're very happy. See, look (laughs) at you, Scott, living the dream. Could we have Baker Mayfield be like Scott Pasco? And he gets the money and everybody's happy. And then also sort of what we talked about with the initial pro of like the act of committing makes him better. So like, is that, is that enough of a thing to make this even feasible? I know it's difficult, but they figure out, Mary Kay, you said you've seen everything. You figure out a difficult negotiation. Could it, would it, if it happened, would it strengthen the bond between the Browns and Baker? I think it would, but I don't think it's, it's warranted at this point. I don't think that uh, he has done anything to, to show them that he deserves right now that even shorter term commitment. Uh, I think that if you could look back to the 2021 season and see all kinds of signs that, uh, you know, that this was going to work out going forward, then by all means, at least you could try something like that. But none of those things happen. And they need to see uh, what this is going to look like in the first half of 2022 before they can start to crystallize in their minds what they want to do with this. Now, if, if everything looks wonderful, in the first six, seven, eight games of, of 2022, and it looks like they thought it was going to look this year, then, you know, who knows? Stranger things have happened. Maybe they do some kind of an extension during the season next year. You can never say never about that. I mean, that's an option that uh, nobody's really tried, right? Where they do the, the extension in the midst of the fifth year option. I right. mean, this would be the first for that, uh, but it's not, it, it's on the table. That is absolutely on the table if he is who they are telling us they think he's going to be in the first half of next season. So I could see something like that happening, but to do it in the off season, based on the data that you have right now, based on the information that you got in 2021, I think the, the answer is there's no reason to throw good money after bad right now. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and sort of talk about the context of how we got here with this extension talk with Baker Mayfield next on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So this is one of those discussions, unlike who might they draft, unlike what veterans might they bring in, unlike who could they just trade them for or whatever. Like, that's fun. You throw out names or whatever. This is like money talk. Um, This is financial stuff that I don't know. I'm, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. So, the, the thing that's most interesting here is to think about where we were last summer. And I'm looking at a piece and everybody was doing this kind of stuff but from Dan Graziano at ESPN and talking about who might get paid. This is from July, 2021. And the grouping was the class of 2018 quarterbacks. And we talked about it on this podcast, wrote about it. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield being lumped together in that discussion a lot. And looking back here, Dan Graziano was saying, it feels like Lamar Jackson's going to be the first one to go. And we were talking a, a lot like last offseason. Well, should the Browns try to get Baker done before Jackson and Allen set the market? Or what if somebody goes and you know, idea? And here we are, and they're on three different tracks. Josh Allen got the extension done. He's locked up. Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson didn't. 
Lamar Jackson got asked about this at his year-ending press conference a couple days ago. Said, like, I'm just worried about getting healthy. The contract's not my first priority, but he is thinking about it. It feels like that's going to get done. My, I, I would be surprised if Lamar Jackson doesn't get an extension before the season starts. And here Baker is probably not getting an extension before the season starts. Mary Kay, can you just tell us how, how we got from where we were last summer where we did talk about Allen Jackson and Mayfield at different numbers, at different levels, but we kind of talked about them the same way. And we seemingly are going to wind up with very three very different solutions to their contract situations. Well, I never really thought it was going to be an option for Baker Mayfield to get the extension heading into year four for a number of reasons, including the fact that he did not have the resume that Josh Allen did. He did not have the resume that Lamar Jackson did. He had not put together yet one full season of good football. And also the people doing uh, the negotiating with him were the Andrew Luck people. Uh, So Andrew Barry and, uh, you know, senior personnel uh, advisor Ryan Grigson handled the Andrew Luck contract an extension in such a way that they let him uh, play year four. And then they did it after that year. And I think the trend now is going is, is flipping back to not doing it before going into the fourth year. And why is that? Because most of the guys that went into their uh, fourth year with, with the blockbuster extension, like they either don't end up with their team or they get injured or something else happens where it doesn't work out. So when you look at the class where they went heavy pre fourth year um, blockbuster extension, you know, of course you're talking about Carson Wentz, you're talking about Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, uh, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes is the only one that is, you know, in good standing with his original drafting club. Okay. So because it didn't work out for those teams, the trend is going away from that. And I think that also is informing Lamar Jackson's negotiations or deal or whatever the case may be right now. Will they get him extended this offseason? They, they might. Um, but there is a world in which maybe they don't. You know, maybe he plays on his fifth year and then they can franchise him after that. And then they go from there. So his may or may not get done. Never thought Baker's was going to get done because of all of those reasons. And then 2021 was going to inform how it happened. If everything looked the way everybody hoped that it would look in the first eight games of the season, there was a world in which it would have gotten done somewhere around midseason, somewhere near the trade deadline. Uh, this would have been absolutely how to do it. But because of how this season went, now they need to see more. Now they need to figure out how much of it was the harness, how much of it was no X receiver. How much of it was no Jack Conklin? How much of it was defenses figuring him out? So now they need another half season, probably at least, of data on whether or not to move forward. So that I think also that's why they are where they're at right now and also why I don't envision any extra money before at least midseason 2022. We sure talked about it a lot, though. I think I remember screaming, like, don't make me talk about Baker Mayfield's contract anymore. Does anybody <laughs> think either side, like, should have done it last year? Like, should Baker have pushed to get it done? Should the Browns have been like, you know what? Yeah, let's go in on this guy. Did, did anybody make a mistake by not doing it before now? Baker. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if, if the Browns would have given him, even if it wouldn't have been the 40 million, cause I don't obviously look, he wasn't going to get that or it would have gotten done. If he could have gotten 25 a year for four years and a nice signing bonus and some guaranteed money, like before he tore his labrum and had a really awful year, I'm sure if Baker could get in a time machine and go back and negotiate something like that, he, he would have. Would it have changed how this season unfolded if he had an extension? Now, Carson Wentz got an extension from the Eagles, and the minute they drafted a guy, his brain exploded and he went crazy, and they got <laughs> rid of him, right? So it's like it doesn't guarantee anything. But, Scott, do you think they would have managed him any differently? Do you think the communication about managing him would have been any different? Because what the Browns had this year was a fourth-year quarterback who they were trying to win with now who they had no commitment to. So, well, is playing with the injury going to make it worse? I don't know. They're just trying to win right now. But if he's your guy long-term, that's a different – is that not a different evaluation and equation for the team, the way you think about a, an injured guy? I think maybe the team operates the same way because Kevin Stefanski said over and over that they were kind of using their you know available information, but perhaps Baker goes about this differently and thinks about his health differently, knowing that he has – uh, an extension, I think that's where where the change could come in. Maybe he isn't so adamant about being out there and playing through that. You know, I think there was a way to be the leader he wants to be and kind of show his toughness and and try to go out and play through an injury while also getting to a point where you're like, you know what, I got to think about next year and the year after that. I'm still going to be here. This isn't the only football season in the history of football. I got to think about the future. So I think it'd be more Baker, I think, than the team. Yeah, I like kind of agree because it's like he doesn't have that extension yet. So I feel like not trying to psychoanalyze him because he hasn't talked about this directly, but I think it's definitely a possibility that he feels like he has something to prove in terms of getting this extension. So it was important for him to be out there and fight through these injuries to number one, like, show everyone he can that's part of like the tough guy competitor reputation and hope it works in his favor and number two to try to get some good numbers to warrant that extension and obviously it didn't work out in terms of he was not offered an extension this season we don't know that that's going to happen this offseason it doesn't seem likely um but i think it could have potentially been different i agree with scott on, on baker's side all right, so we'll make our picks now. We do the one to 10 thing. We'll do that next on the Orange Broad Talk podcast. All right, Doug, Dan, Scott, Mary Kay, and Ashley back. We do this at the end of every one of these episodes. One through 10, what do you think of this idea? One is you hate it, 10 is you love it. Ashley, we'll start with you this time because it's complicated and weird, and we'll drop that in your lap as the first one. That makes sense. Yeah, um, what do you think? I think this is going to be my lowest rating. I believe I, in our first podcast of giving Baker, like, you know, a normal extension, whatever, riding with him. I think I gave that a four you did. right now. I think, okay, I'm going to give this a three then. I just don't think it makes sense for anyone. I think the one example of Blake Bortles, is this not working? It gives you no safety net, which I hate. And I talked about that in the first podcast. I hate that more than I think anything and it has the potential to still be a waste of money. I just am not very, I think there are much better options than this one. All right. Three from Ashley. Dan, where are you? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go one. I just, 
like why like like there's no good reason to actually do it so i'm i'm just gonna go one if baker plays well he's still controlling through the franchise tag after this year uh, so I'm, I'm giving this one a one scott yeah i'm also at a one it the, the reason to sign Baker right now is because of what he did in 2020 and the fact that you think that is like peak Baker in this offense. And well, if you were going to use that as your reasoning, then you would have signed him after that season. Like a lot of people thought you would. So at this point makes no, makes no sense because clearly they didn't think that was good enough reason to sign him. Then uh, nothing would have changed in a positive way for him at this point. So no, you don't do it. Okay, I'm going to be a little strange here, and I'm going to give this a four, which is higher than I gave keeping Baker as the guy on the fifth-year option in the first one, because I think like the only way that you could turn this bad season into a positive is by like getting him at a cheap contract, and that I don't think, and again, we're talking like whatever version, how would they work it out? It's like, well, I mean, if he thinks he's not going to get much of anything. He doesn't have much leverage right now. Maybe they come, but I think like the process of negotiation, I think money solves a lot of things. I think it would strengthen the bond. And if it doesn't work again, I just don't think it would kill you in the, in the fake cap world. Give them a three year, $66 million extension, right? Would he turn that down? Would he be like, get out of here with that? I'm not taking $22 million a year. That is an insult. I don't know. I don't know anything about this stuff. But if it didn't work, then okay, you eat the hit for a little bit and then you move on. But like, if you actually think he still might be good, then you get him at a price for a little bit. Cause like, what if he's good this year and now you're negotiating again? Now you're tagging him. Now he's mad that he got tagged. Like, you know, almost like you're in another set of problems. So it just has not worked to let a guy go to the fifth year on the rookie option. And then stick. It's like it's never worked. So I'm for the preemptive, unwarranted extension, mostly because I would hope someday someone would give me one of those, even though I didn't deserve it. But I'm not being totally facetious because I, I wouldn't mind strengthening the bond here and sitting down and hashing it out. There's no way, no better way to hash it out than over money. Mary Kay, where are you? Um, for for many of the reasons that I stated uh, throughout the pod, I just don't like this idea at all. I don't see the two sides actually even wanting to do this. I don't see Baker's side uh, being interested in a sort of a small extension that that paints him in a light that uh, says, you know, I'm not as good as the other quarterbacks in my class. Uh, I don't see the Browns throwing good money after bad. Uh, I, I think they need the data of what happens in the first half of next season before they commit any more money to this player. And um, I, I just, I just don't like it at all. I mean, can I go zero or do we have to go one? <laughs> <laughs> if we have to go one, I'll go one. Uh, right, but if I can one. go zero, uh, okay, I'll go one, but that's, that's a stretch for me. So we say that before we leave, does he actually think that, do you think yeah. like, like he thinks he's as good as Josh Allen, that he would deserve as much money as that for real. I think so. Yeah. Oh, That's for right. sure. I think you kind of have to be if you're him, right? Like well, you have to create that, like this, like myth about yourself almost to, to kind of go barreling along. Well, there's part, not part of it too. Is, it's your situation too. It's like, well, I can be that good. You mm-hmm. know, if, 
right. if this, that, or the other thing happens. Exactly. Scott hit the nail on the head there. So that like, if the Browns even said, Hey, what would you think of like a three-year extension? And he'd be like, okay, it starts at 40. He's like, what are you talking about? But like, that's, that's how that negotiation would go. Well, I don't know if 40 would be his number. I think, you know, maybe they're a little realistic. I mean, because you can look at things on the resume and see that he doesn't have an NFL MVP like Lamar and he doesn't have pro bowls and he doesn't have multiple playoffs. So he, he doesn't get Josh Allen money, uh, but he would want to get, you know, first round 2018 class ballpark money. He's not going for a 22 or $25 million a year because he does believe that circumstances caused him to not function this way, the way he's capable of. Okay. So it's not going to happen. My four will flutter off into (laughs) history. Uh, The unwarranted preemptive extension. Maybe someone could do like a financial paper about that and how that works in the world. All right. We'll be back with our last one of these. All four so far have had Baker Mayfield in Cleveland in 2022. The last option is not Baker Mayfield. It's Baker Mayfield out and somebody more established in and the Browns given stuff up to make that happen. That'll be the last edition of the Mayfield Matrix for anybody who's listened to this one or to all four or to a couple of them. We appreciate you um, giving this a try. You can read the pieces that accompany all these podcasts at cleveland.com slash Browns. And again, of course, a lot of you guys know by now, being a Browns insider, awesome deal. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns to sign up there. You get all the Browns coverage you could ever hope for. For Dan Lobby, Ashley Bastock, Mary Kay Cabot, and Scott Patsko, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.